Mary needed to do, and Martha was doing what Martha needed to do, okay? Now, why do I say this? Because I know a Martha. I know a Martha who sat right where you are, and every time this scripture came up, she went, oh, no, not that scripture again. Oh, I feel so guilty. No, do not feel guilty. Feel joyful because we need Martha's and we need Mary's. And the Martha's and the Mary's can learn from each other. And that's the whole purpose. That's what we're here for. That's why we're doing this. God bless. Father, we just come before you right now. You are our king. In your hand, you hold everything. Lord, we surrender all to you now. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Holy Spirit, open eyes, ears, and hearts to what is going to be said today. I ask that you do what speak through Pastor Kevin and his beautiful bride. Speak through them. Let our hearts be attentive. Let our hearts be prepared for you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, gathering place. It's a beautiful day to worship the Lord, ain't it? Every day is. Whether it's raining or sunny, we'll worship the Lord. Welcome. We're going to do our transition now, but, but while we do that, we're going to have uh, set up for our tithe. Uh, there's going to be baskets up front. There'll be some in the back. You just drop off your tithe during this time, or if you give online, give online. But go, welcome each other, find somebody you haven't seen, shake their hand, hug their neck, and we'll be back in a moment.
check, check, check. All righty. Praise God. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, that was weak. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, man, I knew y'all were alive. All right, so I'm going to do my very, very best to stay in this seat. It's not going to happen. I'm just telling y'all right now, I'm really excited for what God uh, is, is doing in this place. Uh, first off, I want to say a thank you uh, to, to all of you for being here. Thank you to all those joining us online. Uh, and a huge thank you to Pastor DJ, who is traveling right now with Brother Bo and his wife, his beautiful wife, Pastor Julie. And, uh, and so can we just give it up for Pastor DJ and them? Uh, we're really thankful to have them um, over us and be the pastor here at the Gathering Place. My name is, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Kevin. I'm the associate pastor along with my beautiful bride, Miss Crystal. Pastor Crystal. Amen. All right. Um, sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So this morning, we're really excited because God has a word for our church and uh, also for you individually, okay? And so I'm really excited. Uh, when, when God started speaking to me, he gave me something to say, and then he gave Pastor Crystal something, and it kind of just intertwined, uh, and it was, it's going to be good. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we will get started this morning. Or actually, my, my beautiful, hot Mexican wife can pray. Amen. <laughs> Praise him. body father god that you would just soften our hearts to receive that we would receive the things that you want us to receive lord not a fleshly teaching lord but a godly teaching from your word help us to get our words straight god and holy spirit just have your way have your way in this teaching preaching help pastor kevin stay in his seat lord <laughs> we thank you for this body we are so grateful for this body that you have given us, this family and this gathering place, Lord. Would you bless our pastors where they are? Would they also be vessels, Lord, to the family where they are and do what you want them to do there, Lord? Holy Spirit, lead them, give them the right words of encouragement, Father, for the family there. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, before we get started, I kind of jumped uh, the gun a little bit, and I do have a couple announcements that I want to do. I just got so excited, y'all. I'm, I'm serious. I'm really excited for the word today. All right, so the first announcement is we do have a June 5th Kingdom class, Counting the Cost, okay? And so that's on June 5th. Uh, we also have a flag conference June 10th and 11th. Right, and so registration is open for that. There is a cost, uh, but I believe Friday night is open to the public, so... That Friday night on June 10th, uh, pretty sure that's correct. That's a Friday night. That's going to be free to the public. So if you want to attend, we do encourage you guys. It's going to be some pretty good stuff. Also, um, let's see here. June 12th, we did move our student Sunday to June 12th. You guys give it up for them. Come on. Yeah. All right. I'm really excited about that, guys. Uh, I'm excited to have our teens worshiping. I'm, I'm excited to have them serving uh, and just... Uh, already practicing in the gifts that God's giving them uh, and just building them up, right? The Word of God says to build them up, train them as they, they should go, right? So they won't forget when they get older. That's the um, T.P. Kevin translation. Um, so, all right. 
Uh, I believe that's it. Let's see here. Oh, and continue to keep Pastor DJ in your prayers. Um, if you don't know, his grandmother passed away. And so, you know, he's going to be traveling a little bit, probably having to go to the funeral. Uh, and so keep them in your prayers. Uh, they're doing great. They're doing, well, they're doing good. I'm not going to say great. They're doing good. Um, he still, you know, lost his grandmother. So it is, it doesn't matter how strong you are, that's still going to hit you. And so we're going to continue to pray for him, continue to uh, back him up spiritually and, and pray for him uh, every, every chance you guys get, okay? Amen? All right. Oh, all right. So this morning, the message is called Responsibility and Expectations. So let me go ahead and manage your expectation right now this morning. Number one, this is not scripted, okay? We did not rehearse this, so it's not going to be perfect. Uh, there might be some little bit of transitions here and there. Um, that's okay. That's okay. So I want to manage your expectations, number one. Number two, we're going to read a lot of Bible. Somebody say amen. 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 Praise God. We have a lot of Bible this morning. Um, you know, it's funny because when they say when you're trying to build like a big church and trying to get a bunch of people to come, they say, well, keep it down. Like, don't read so much Bible. You know, that, that's just, you know, overwhelms people. And um, I just say, behind me, Satan. Amen. All right. All right. Uh, no, I'm just excited because there's so much that God wants to speak to us through his word. Right? What does the word of God say? That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the, in the beginning, right, John 1 would say in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word with God, and the word was God. I'm sorry. I messed that up. But. We know the word of God is Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to read. Um, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to go ahead and jump right into Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3. So as, as I was reading my Bible plan, uh, disclaimer, if you don't have a Bible plan, get one. Okay? Get one. It uh, doesn't matter how spiritual you are. I don't care if you God speaks to you, if you're a prophetic, if you move in the, the office of healing and evangelism, um, get you a Bible plan. Amen? It is so important that you know the Word of God because the Bible says that the Word of God is a, is a sword. It is living, able to divide, you know? And, okay, okay, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going too far. Okay, here we go. Oh, I got to stand up. I'm telling you, I'm just getting so excited. Whew. Okay, all right, here we go. So, one day, verse 1, one day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Verse 2, Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you, take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. And be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. Uh, let me stop right here. Just, just to give you some background. If you don't know the story of Ruth, please go back and read chapter 1 and chapter 2. It's absolutely amazing. The story of Ruth is absolutely amazing. Um, but this woman, Ruth, was so loyal. I think that's the right word, loyal. 
I was teaching the, the students Wednesday about just godly loyalty, you know, and, and so this woman had the permission from her mother-in-law, Naomi, the permission to leave her. She said, listen, my, her husband had died, right, and Naomi, Naomi's um, sons had died. Her husband had died. Her sons had died, so she had nobody else. She had two daughter-in-laws, and she told them, hey, listen, you know, there's nothing else to do. They're gone. Just go. Just go. And, and Ruth said, no, I will not go. Wherever you go, I will go. And God forbid that even if we let death separate us. Ruth was so loyal to her, convinced, just loved her so much that she refused. She refused and went with Naomi back into uh, the land of the Israelites, Israel. And so... Uh, and so now we're picking it up. Um, she, she starts kind of like collecting grain, uh, and then she starts working for this person named Boaz. And so now I'm going to continue verse 7, okay? So after Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and laid down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over, and he was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. Everybody say redeemer. redeemer. Verse 10, the Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I'm one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. I'm going to stop right here. It's so amazing the heart of Ruth, the heart of loyalty, the heart of I will do whatever you say, mother-in-law, right? It's so amazing. And so as I was reading this, God started stirring something up in me. And he started talking to me about what a fa the, the redeemer, the redeemer. He started talking to me about a couple different things. Uh, number one, what a redeemer was, a kinsman redeemer, what that was. Okay, and if you want to know more about that as we go in here, I'm not going to talk about it today. It, that's found in Leviticus 22, uh, 22 or uh, 25, a couple other stuff in Genesis as well. Um, but it, it outlines what a kinsman redeemer is, okay? What a kinsman redeemer is was it was a close relative of, of yours. And so the land in Israel was very, very important to them, okay? And so they couldn't just sell the land or, or just like, oh, here, you, you take it. I'm going to put it in your name. It didn't work that way, okay? That land had, was tied, okay? There was a covenant. It was tied to a last name, to a name. Okay, of a person and a tribe. And so what happened was, since they 
the, the husband, Elimelech, had passed away, now the land was available, and it had to be redeemed. Everybody say redeemed. It had to be redeemed. Okay? And so the way that a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer functions is they have to redeem it. But there's a few things that has to happen, okay, to redeem it. So one has to be a close, the closest relative if the husband or the sons are, are passed away. The next closest relative. That's how it works. They have to redeem the land. But what that means, you guys hear redeemer, so you're like, oh, yes, redeem the land. But there is a responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. There's a responsibility that comes with that. When you redeem, okay, back then when you redeemed the land, you had to acquire the land and acquired the widow. Then you had to go and marry the widow. And then after marrying the widow, you had to provide the widow an heir, okay, a, 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 a male. So you had to give the, the woman a baby so that the baby would take over the land and inherit the land and eventually in the future, Okay. So just, again, this is more of a teaching today, but I, I, I need you guys to understand this because it's important for uh, where we're going. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and skip to Ruth chapter 4. Um, just to um, kind of let you guys know what happens, uh, Ruth goes back, to her, uh, goes back to her mother-in-law, and her mother-in-law tells her just to wait because that man is not going to rest until he figures everything out. Okay, and so we're going to pick it up right here, chapter 4, verse 1. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer he had mentioned came by, so Boaz called out to him, Come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Verse 2, then Boaz called ten leaders, uh, some, some translations say elders, ten leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi, who came back from Moab, she was selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. All right, get ready, get ready, get ready. Here we go. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. Mm. Oh, Lord Jesus. The man said, I'll redeem. And then Boaz told him, of course, wait a minute, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Verse 6, then I can't redeem it. Hmm. Listen to this. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. I'm going to stop right there. When I read this, y'all, I mean, the scripture just jumped out at me. I call it a rhema word. God just breathed on it. He spoke to me. So many people want the blessing, but not the responsibility. So many people want the blessing. Oh, I want to pray for people. I want to heal. I want to, oh, man, I want to preach. I want to, man, you know, I feel like, you know, I want this. I want, I want to, but they don't want the responsibility. They don't want the responsibility. God was sharing with me. See, Pastor DJ has been talking about 
a new season, right? And he said that God spoke to him and said, take the land. I've put this land before you. But that land comes with a responsibility. To redeem a land comes with a responsibility. I tell my teens all the time. I tell them, listen, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is free to you. Cost, cost God everything, right? Cost Jesus everything, his life. But to you, it's free. And I always tell them, but being a Christian, that's not free. There's a cost to that. Not that you're not a son, because once you're a son, you're a son. You don't have to work to, you know, be a son. But what I'm saying, to be a Christian, to be Christ-like, to be like Christ means that you have to also act like him. It means you have to do works. It means you, you know, not that works gets you saved, okay? Don't listen to what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I'm telling you, okay, that there's a responsibility that comes with being a Christian. There's a responsibility that comes when you're the son of a king. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it, there's two extremes as well. You know, there's the son of a king comes with responsibility. A son of a king doesn't just like, oh, I'm going to go run around the land. I can just act however I want. It doesn't matter. Like, no, you're the son of a king. And we are the children of the king of kings. Right? And so God was just sharing with me that there is a responsibility. And then when Pastor Crystal, God gave Pastor Crystal this word on expectations, and it just meshed so well because this guardian redeemer, by the way, who nobody knows his name, was qualified. Everybody say qualified. He was qualified. He, he fit it. He was the right person for it. He was next in line, and he said, no, you redeem it because it costs too much. And his expectation was, I'm going to get this blessing. I'm going to get, ooh, I'm going to get this blessing, but I'm not going to do anything for it. And because his expectations were in the wrong place, he, man, he fumbled. I know we in Alabama, come on, some football in here. He fumbled, y'all. I, man, y'all don't understand how powerful this is. Jesus, the Son of God comes from the root of David. Everybody know David? Who was the son of Jesse. And Jesse was the son of Obed. And Obed was the son of Boaz and Ruth. Do you understand what I'm telling you? This man, the guardian redeemer, had an opportunity to be in the bloodline maybe of Christ. To be in the Bible forever. He had an opportunity. He was next in line. He was, and he said, no. No, I don't. It might endanger my own estate. I just don't got time for that. I just, I don't, I really don't want to go and sit outside of Walmart, tell people Jesus loves them. I just, I just, I really don't want to pray. I don't want to get in my closet and pray. I just don't want to read a Bible. God loves me. He does. He does. He absolutely is in love with you. Why aren't you in love with him? He loves us so much. It breaks my heart. It really does. Okay. Mm. Jesus. So I would like to go back to um, Ruth, and he's talking about responsibility. 
And one thing you can miss in there is that when Ruth decides to follow Naomi, she chooses her God and she chooses her faith. But when she chooses that comes with responsibility as well. She had to care for Naomi. She also had to trust her. Um, and when she's working in Boaz's fields, um, she actually saves food for Naomi. And that's a responsibility to care for her mother-in-law now. And that's what Pastor Kevin's saying, that yes, she chose the God. She saw him, cho chose the God and saw him work. That still doesn't sound right. <laughs> and um, she chose that faith. But it came with the responsibility. So we kind of, we went over that. But I just wanted to show you how Ruth had to decide that for herself. She had to decide on that faith. And she left everything. She could have went back home. Um, and she decided to stay out of faith. And how he's saying it's not by works alone. It's by faith. And look at what her faith brought her. Generations that he's saying led to Jesus. Amen. And so my first point today, if you're taking notes, I hope you are. You're going to need it. Uh, there's a lot of little nuggets in here. My first point is a lack of commitment or covenant will always stop you from inheriting what God wants to give you. See, the moment that covenant took place, oh, I want the land, but you mean I have to commit to getting Ruth? You mean I have to have covenant because I have to grant her a child? No, I'm okay. See, the moment where commitment and covenant fell into place, they didn't, he didn't want it. It was too much work. And so a lack of covenant, what does that mean? Relationship with God, a lack of relationship with Jesus will always stop you from your blessings. It will. Because how can he trust you if Hmm. my second point was there is a cost to being a Christian which I told you guys and that comes with a requirement covenant right it's a covenant a requirement to have a covenant with Jesus and, and that's what I was saying about being a Christian not, not salvation itself um Mm, Jesus. See, there's a covenant relationship being presented to you here today. God has sent me to tell you that there's a covenant relationship being offered to you and to us as a, as a body of believers. For us and for this land. Like Pastor DJ said, for us and for this land, there's a covenant relationship being offered. Will you say yes? That's what's going on here. God is saying, will you say yes? Or will you let the next person in line take your place? Will you allow somebody else to take your place? God is doing something amazing. They've been reading out of Isaiah. Can you perceive it, right? God is doing something amazing in this time right now, 2022. And there's more ahead that's coming. And God is saying, will you go? Are you ready? Will you say yes? 
to the responsibility, to the, to the expectations, to the covenant relationship with his son, will you say yes? I just want to add there how he, when he was saying that, God just said responsibility is an act to your faith. You can't do It's an act. You act it out, that responsibility. Um, and I was just reading how um, Boaz is a rep representation of Jesus. If you'll just flip that for me. It says, Boaz's willingness to wed Ruth mirrors Jesus' willingness to redeem us. Jesus calls all who have responded, responded to him in faith, his bride. And so I just kept hearing that as he was talking that we can have faith, but how do we respond to that faith? How do we take up that responsibility that we each have? We all have a different responsibility in the kingdom, whether it's with our gifts or a word that God gives us. It could be as simple as just doing something at the church or speaking a word into somebody's life. That's a responsibility that we all have when we say yes and have faith in Jesus. Amen. Yeah, I mean, it's all about family, right? We This is a family, guys. Like, we don't have members here. We have family. And we have a responsibility for each other. You know, like, nobody's going to come hurt my brother when I'm standing there. Like, I'm just telling y'all. Like, I got my brother's back. You know, my, my blood brother, I got his back and he has my back. He's all the way in Texas, but I promise you, something hit the fan, I'll be over there. So, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The hood's trying to go, Jesus, help me, Jesus, okay. Um, no, but it's true, right? Think about your family. Think about somebody you're close to in your family and how you would have their back, how you would be there for them if anything ever happened. Think about if you have children. Man, you're going to go high and low. It don't matter. You're going to do whatever you have to. You're going to protect your child. I mean, mamas, they're scary. I mean, it don't matter if it's a bear. You know, it don't matter if it's a bear. Them mamas are, they're going to fight. They're going to defend their little babies. They don't care what happens. They don't care if they get shredded to pieces, but they will do it while letting their babies get away. Right. And it's, so. It's not just a physical response, like Pastor Kevin wants to fight someone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a spiritual response, how he's saying fight. If you see a brother and sister, you fight for them in prayer. It, you don't, yeah, you could fight someone if you wanted to, but prayer is powerful. Amen. If I want brothers and sisters on my side that if I share something with them, they're going to go to God in prayer. That is the battle there. Um, how, and I just see it, you know, he's saying physical. I'm thinking, no, I want to go spiritually Amen. and fight for my family. Thank God for my wife. And if it calls for physical, then we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, absolutely. And so. You know, everything we're talking about is spiritual. I'm just trying to give you guys a picture of that in the physical. And so, um, absolutely. I mean, we are a family. We got to watch each other's backs. We got to pray for one another. We got to love on one another. But the most important part to me is that, you know, like he was saying, that family loyalty. Like, not, and again, this is not an ungodly, this is a godly loyalty. That means, like, Brother, I don't care where you go. You can go to Africa next week to, on a mission trip. I will pray for you. I will pray for you. I don't care who comes up to me to tell me that, you know, you're going and you're going to go and, you know, you're killing this and you're shooting rhinos and you're doing that. I'm going to be like, no, I don't care what you say. I know my brother. I love him. Don't talk about it. 
I'm just being real. And I'm looking at Brandon because he's my brother too. So, you know, but I'm just being real, guys. Like, I, honesty is the best medicine. I, I'm just being real with you guys, you know. Um, we got to protect each other. We got to protect each other. Okay, amen. Go ahead, say something. Oh, I have one more point. Uh, there is power in covenant. Third point, if you're writing it down. There is power in covenant. The closer we get to God, the more authority he grants us. That's not why we're getting close to God. I'm just That's just a side nugget. But the more he can trust us, the more he can give us. And if uh, there's a story, you might know the story of the minas, right, with Jesus. Some of the minas, the coins. And he takes the coin of the, of the one bad servant, right, that didn't invest, didn't do what he's supposed to do, and he gives it to the person who had what? Ten. Not the one that had five, not the one that had, the one who had ten. Because the more God can trust you, the more he will give you. But he can't give you any more than he can trust you. So as we were talking about the word, um, he said, you know, he got this word of responsibility. And the same week, I got the word of expectation. And I was just sharing with the um, girls and youth how expectations can be good. But I asked them, are they godly? There's good expectations and then there's godly expectations. And I was, you know, God was just showing me that sometimes I can have good expectations and it looks nice, but am I really going to the Lord and asking him, is this his responsibility or his expectation on my life? Is that what he's ex expecting me to do? Um, and we're going to go straight to scripture so I don't get off. Um, we're in Matthew 16, 13. And in my Bible, it said, Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. And what I want you to notice is how we go from what he's saying into how his expectations, expectations pull him away of what's happening. So 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So you see Peter's response is he knows who God is. So what I told the girls is we know who Jesus is. But our expectations can make us see Jesus in a different way or that he's supposed to respond to our situation in our own way. And I'll just keep reading so you can see how it changes. So Jesus just blessed him, right? He says, you are the rock. But listen what he says to, what he says to him next. It's pretty funny. 
From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So why Peter had an expectation of what Jesus should do. He didn't think Jesus should die. He, they seen Jesus as someone to come as like a rebel and that they should free them because they felt oppressed. So that was his like fleshly expectation. Free us, Jesus. You can't die because we're not going to be able to do anything if you die. And so Je- Jesus blesses Peter, but then says, get behind me, Satan. So he's not seeing Peter. He's seeing what the enemy, the lie that he's put in his head of that expectation. So what I've told the girls is the enemy comes in little lies and little expectations to pull you from the will of God. And so what I love is that Jesus is not, you know, rebuking Peter. He's rebuking Satan that's trying to get him to change that expectation. Um, and so we just kind of laughed about this because we're like, okay, you know, he, you know, we know the story. Jesus dies and has a resurrection. But if we go to Acts 1, they still have the same expectation of Jesus. And they're still saying, are you going to come? Are you going to overturn? Are you going to take charge? And we'll just read it. It says, in my former book, what is that? Theopolis. Theophilus. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Alive, He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So, again, the disciples were looking at their kingdom, their natural kingdom. They weren't looking that Jesus's purpose was to come back, come back to take the heavenly kingdom. He was coming back to take the keys of death and to save them from their sin. And they were seeing more, save me from this oppression I'm feeling right now. And Jesus like, no, I have a better plan. I want to free you forever. I don't want to free you, only you. I want to free your nations. I want to free your generations. And they were missing that. They were sitting with Jesus. And we can be saved and sit with Jesus, but our expectations can cause us to miss what he is doing in your life. Expectations can cause you to see something as good, but it's not godly. And so we'll keep going from there. Um, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
So he's putting the responsibility back on them. He's saying, you have an expectation of me. He's like, are you going to finally do it, Lord? And he's like, I did it. Now you have the gift of the Holy Spirit to go in our responsibilities and stop our expectations from holding us back. And he gave that to us through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's so awesome because um, it's just funny because they're a lot like us. You know, sometimes we think they're like, oh, this like super high St. Peter, you know. Uh, Now, you know, they're awesome. I love them. They're my brothers. But, you know, they're just like us. Like they're sitting and eating and drinking with, with, with Jesus, and their expectation is still they don't understand. Like they still, they're asking him, wait, okay, Lord, so you're the Messiah, right? You're like the king now. Like you're, you're supposed to come. We don't want to be under Roman rule. Like forget them. Like, all right, God, come on, here we go. Strike them. Strike them, you know? And he's like, no, no. And so they're, they're wanting all this, you know, they wanted like a King David, right? They wanted somebody on a horse and to say, you know, we're going to war with the Romans and we don't have to pay taxes and let's just get at it, you know. And Jesus came to give us life and power, but also a responsibility. He said, what did he, what did he say to the disciples? Now go and make disciples. Now go. They're like, whoa, all right, man, they're over here trying to watch a show. They're like, okay, here we go. Do it. And he's like, what do you mean do it? You stay here, and then when I go, you go do it. But somehow, you know, a lot of humans were just like, oh, God, I thought you were going to do it. I want the easy way. I want to just see the power. Like, I want to see your power, God, and I just want you to just strike them like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, let's send, you know, and God's like, no. Jesus is like, no, I've given you the power. What did the word of God just say? To, to bind on earth and to loose on earth. And God gave us the power. God gave us the authority. And then he says, go. But there's a responsibility with that. Sometimes our expectation of being a, a Christian is like, I went to church Sunday, went to church Wednesday, I'm good. Like for real. In the South, even, well, I should just say in America, in America, the expectations of, uh, you know, that you're a Christian is you go to church Sunday and you go to church Wednesday. And you're like, you know, that's good. And, and again, not that that's bad, like Pastor Chris was saying, not that that's bad. Of course, we want you guys to be here. But is it godly? Is that it? Is that all God called you for? Is that all that God birthed you for? Is that all that why God put you in 2022? Is that all? Just to come to church on Sunday and Wednesday, right? And like the book of Ruth, is that all? It will be if that's what you want it to be. God's asking, is that all? Is this why you're here on earth? Is this why you're walking on earth? Is this why you're a Christian? Is this why you accepted my son? Is this why you received the Holy Spirit? Is this why you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in you just to come to church Sunday and Wednesday? But God is saying, if you will say yes to covenant relationship, if you will say yes to the responsibility, if you will say yes to changing your expectation, then there's more. There's a blessing. There is more for you to be had. Okay, I'm preaching now. Okay, go ahead. Um, so all I add to that is 
I wrote down, God will act, but we must surrender the how to him. So we have, you know. Say it again, say it again. <laughs> we have the mentality of we ask God to do things, but we want him, him to do it in our little lane, you know, in our box. Like, do it and do it this way. Like, Lord, I want a job, but this one pays a lot, Lord. So, you know, I want that one. But he might want you at the other job that pays less because you're about to impact a life there. But our expectation is, oh, God's going to bless me with this job that pays more. And that's our expectation. But no, God, where do you want me to go? That prayer of where do I need to go? Not the expectation the world has that you should graduate, you should get a good job and go to college. No, God, where do you want me to go? And um, I've talked to the girls about this because we had seniors graduate, right, last Sunday. And some of them kind of feel bad saying they don't know what they're going to do. But why? Because of the world expectation that they have to already know on the day they graduate, what are you doing next? And sometimes us, we're like, what are you doing next? And they kind of stare at you like, mm, I don't know. So I'm going to say college. Or I'm going to say, but no, I really want them. And I've asked them, pray to God and ask him, what is his expectation for you? Not your parents' expectation. I'm sorry if you have that expectation. But I've told them, what does God expect from your life? And you want to clearly hear him. And so, you know, I just say that, that we needed to surrender the how to him. If not, we may miss him moving right in front of us. So it's very, this, the Lord's just been moving in me on what are our, my expectations. I'll just be honest. I was like, I don't have all my notes together. I didn't practice. And that's my expectations on myself that I should have it all together but I just had to keep reminding myself, no, God has a word for this body. Amen. And for someone here that you just got to look at your expectations so you don't miss God moving right in front of you. Amen. Yeah, I was telling somebody this morning, I said, listen, we're not coming to, like, preach and be the preachers. Like, we're just coming to talk to you. Talk to you about what God's been stirring in us and what he's saying for us, for you individually and for us corporately. Um, and that's what this, this morning is. And like uh, Pastor Chris was saying, it may not look, it might not meet your expectations, right? It may not look like every other church this morning, but I promise God is moving and he's speaking to you if you will allow your expectations to shift and if, and if you will say yes to Jesus. Um, and I'll just add like, our, where our church family is going. We've been talking to that, about that. Pastor DJ has talked about our worship and how the gathering place is going to look different. So the expectations kind of are to that too. You have an expectation of coming in here and leaving in an hour, but sometimes God's going to move and we're going to be here. And you decide if you're going to be part of that, of his move, mm -hmm. or if you have an expectation of it should be done in an hour and I'm going to go. Or I have an expectation that the teens aren't going to, you know, they're going to sit down and be quiet. Or I have an expectation, right. sorry, that's not going to happen here anymore. Um, but we have just religious expectations. Yeah. And that's not anybody's fault. You've just kind of grown up in that. And, you know, but God's here to say that to remove those expectation blinders of Amen. how he will move. Don't put God in a box Amen. because he will move anyway. And if we don't move, he'll use the rock. He'll use the rock and he'll start talking and praising. So just that is a word. Just remove those expectations in your life that you have on yourself. Like I told the girls, there's expectations that I put on myself that 
God didn't put there. I put them there. So I pray that God would remove those expectations from us personally that we would examine and see, like, how did that even get there? You know, it just comes that you're just like, but Lord, remove those so we don't miss him. Amen. Yeah, it's so true. We do put so many weird expectations on ourselves, you know, as a father, as a dad, I just, you know, I'm like, no, I got to grind, you know, for years, I'm like, I got to grind, I got to work, whether it's two, three jobs, like, I, I got to, I got, like, I'm, I got to kill myself in order to, like, give my kids everything they ever wanted, uh, and so, you know, I had to shift that, I'm like, wait a minute, they're spoiled already, they don't need nothing else, you know what, you know, so anyways, okay, we're getting off on a tangent, but it's true. Because uh, the expectation as a father is you have to work hard to provide. But I'll tell you that all you need to provide is love for your children. Because we've just been witnesses that Amen. people that tell us, you know, what, like older people we've got to just do life, life with will ask a dad. And we're like, what would you do different? That's always a, when they're older, have older, what would you do different? And one dad would always share, I work too much. I felt like I needed to give them all the physical things, like, you know, tangible things. But now he looks back, I just needed to be there. I missed all the important parts of their life. And, you know, but that's the world expectation. The world is you need to work, work, work. And I know you guys have bills. I get that. But if you trust God, he will make it work. Because children, yes, they need to see hardworking parents, but also that they love them, that they just want to spend that time with them. And, yeah. you know, expectations, like I said, the college thing, the go to school, do it's just in a worldly expectation of a straight line. Yeah. But God can pull you in different directions that not going to look like the world. Amen. Yeah, and that's another expectation. Yeah. Amen. That's another expectation that we as parents have. A lot of parents have. Not everybody, but a lot of parents have. And I had that, an expectation of, you know, love means I buy them more stuff. But for kids, love is spelled T-I-M-E, time. How much time are you going to spend with me today? You know, and that's hard. That's really hard as, as, you know, parents, when we start working really hard and we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that, you know, it, it's, it's really hard. And that's something that I had to deal with, you know, when, when I decided to, that I was going to become the associate pastor and be here full time. That's something that I had to um, just really look at and say, man, I'm not spending any time with my kids I'm working way too much. I was full-time in the military, um, part-time youth pastor, but y'all know there ain't no such thing as part-time youth pastor. And then I was going to school full-time. So I was doing so much, and um, it was just draining me. Uh, but, see, I was doing all this. My expectation was I'm doing all of this for my children. My children was, hmm. hold on, okay. My children were like, you're not, you don't love me. You don't spend time with me. So I'm thinking I'm going to just work and work for them. They're saying, will you just spend time with me? You know, so that's an expectation that I had to overcome. Okay, I'm going to stop because I'm going to cry. <laughs> hey, Pastor DJ's not here. I got to do it, you know. Uh, okay, so today as, as we get ready to close as we get ready to enjoy the rest of our Memorial Day weekend, I want you to really ask yourself, God, what are some expectations that I've been holding on to that are not of you? Whether it's you're killing yourself at a job, whether it's 
Maybe you don't have a job. I don't, I don't know. Whatever it is. What are those expectations that you're putting on yourself? Do I need to look a certain way? Do I, do I need to fit in a certain size dress or pants? Do, do I need to put so much makeup on because I just... What are some expectations that you're having on yourself that isn't God? One of the things that I told my teens were one of the lost disciplines of the, of the church. One of the lost disciplines of the church is meditation. We hardly are quiet enough to just listen to God. A lot of times, God, I need this, I need that, I need this, I got, I need this, I got, I got on my, my, my grandma and my Betty and my cousin and this. There's nothing wrong with praying. But then we say amen and we're done. And we've forgotten how powerful it is to sit still, be quiet, and meditate on the Lord. Just meditate on his word. That's the, what the Bible says, meditate on his word, on his goodness. You know, as we were worshiping this morning, God spoke to me and he was just saying, I kept hearing this word, and the word was gratefulness. How grateful are you today? Uh, this is a little off topic, but I was in the drum cage, and I just lost it, man. I just started crying. Uh, yesterday, we were at this jump place uh, at lunch, and uh, we took the kids, just, again, just spending time with them. And I kept seeing this girl. She had a prosthetic leg. And she was so happy. And it just, so then when the Lord said about gratefulness today, it just really, it just made me think, how grateful are you? Because our expectations is, or are, you know, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. I, I really need a new truck. I really need a new house. I really That's great. And I pray to God that you do get it, that he blesses you with that. But how grateful are you for what you have? For your legs, for your feet, for your lungs, for your heart. You know, I got to spend some time with Brother Kenny, and he's had so many surgeries on his heart. I mean, he's just grateful to be alive. And the, and the crazy thing is, when I was talking to Brother Kenny, I mean, he was smiling. He was still talking to me. He's just grateful to be alive. And sometimes we can get ungrateful. Sometimes our expectations make us ungrateful. I should have a house by now. I should have a husband by now. I should have a kid by now. I should have a new house, a new car, whatever. You fill in the blank. And we allow these expectations to make us bitter and ungrateful. And as a daddy, as a good daddy, who's given you everything, lungs, a heart, allowed us to wake up this morning when so many people didn't. All he's looking for is a grateful kid. You know, when, when, for those of you who have kids, you know, nothing makes me more upset when my kid's ungrateful. I'm like, here's a 20-piece chicken nugget with some fries. All right, taxes, let me get a chicken nugget. And they're like, no, I don't want to give you a chicken nugget. You know, so, I don't know. Like, sometimes that, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it makes me angry. I'm like, kid, if you don't. 
right? I'm like, I bought, right? Come on, parents. I bought those nuggets. I bought those nuggets. How dare you know? Now, God's not that mean, trust me, because if I was God, I'd have been, you know, I'd have been squishing y'all. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd have squished myself a long time ago, y'all. But, but God is so good, and he gives us life every day. And he asks you for nothing. But he is looking for gratefulness. He is looking for somebody who's grateful and has a yes on their lips and saying, God, I'm grateful and I'm thankful and I'm, I'm, I'm here to say yes. Yes to whatever you have for me today. Yes to whatever you have for our church. Yes for whatever you have for our family. Yes. You know, um, we have the privilege to speak on tithing and giving all the time and some people really hate that, but uh, we love it. And I was telling a brother, Brother Jeremiah, um, a couple days ago, two days ago, I was saying, you know, how God didn't ask us for the 90. He asked us for 10, you know. But even that, like, people really like, oh, my God, he's talking about tithing. Lord Jesus, <laughs> he's talking about giving. Oh, my God. You know, and but God is, you know, and I, and I was just talking about how that's like training wheels. It was really just to teach us something. Let me teach you how to steward the 90. That's really what I'm, he doesn't need your money. He really doesn't. He's trying to teach you how to steward, how to get better, right? And so, anyways, I got a little off track, but God is looking for somebody who is grateful and has a yes on their lips. Yeah, I'll just add the yes is to the responsibility. Yes is to taking off those expectations of what we put on ourselves. And it takes a responsibility to do that, like he said, to just sit and listen. That's a responsibility. Yeah. And what happens? Our expectations don't allow us to do that. I have to get up and run and go and do this. But we need to have an expectation to sit and to listen and a responsibility to sit and listen and to see what is my yes to. Like You're like, why are we just saying yes? Well, you want to know what your yes is to. You don't want to just say yes because everybody else is saying it. You want to say yes to what God's telling you personally in your life. And if that's agreeing with this body, then let it be so. But you have to sit and listen for yourself um, and have God speak to you and just put things on your heart that he has for each and every one of you. And I just believe that some of us do have those expectations. And just let those go today and go home and pray about it and just, you know, be one with God. Let him talk to you. Let him speak to you. And as we were reading, it was the Holy Spirit. It didn't say anything else. It says the Holy Spirit Amen. that he said, wait on that. And sometimes we take that for granted, the Holy Spirit, that it's there. It's a powerful gift. It allows us to hear. It leads us to certain people. It leads us to even fix things in our own heart when we're not really willing. The Holy Spirit would do that for us. It's not through our own strength. Yeah, amen. And sometimes we miss it. Uh, miss Rachel, wherever you're at, you can come up and start um, playing on the keys. Uh, sometimes we miss it. Like Pastor Chris was saying about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we miss that. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And we're like, and then we're just continuing to read. So we don't understand that they were waiting for days. We don't understand that they were probably up there praying and worshiping for days, reading the scriptures, pressing in. It wasn't like they were like, all right, guys, let's just wait here. Somebody go get some chicken because it's going to be a long time. Like, no, they weren't just doing, like, they were pressing in. There was, the, it was a simple 
wait. But it was a powerful responsibility to, okay, we're going to wait here, but we're not going to just sit here idle. We're going to press in. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to read the word. We're going to press in. You know, a lot of Christians don't want to hear that today. A lot of Christians don't want to hear that today. Hey, it's time to step up. It's time to press in. It's time to grab hold of the responsibility and say yes. It's time to remove the ungodly expectations. I always think about this the scripture in the Bible where Jesus said, well, what if I talk to you about heavenly things? Like, y'all won't even accept the earthly things. How can I ever talk to you about the heavenly things? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, God, I want to know the heavenly things. I want him to teach me. The word of God says that the Holy Spirit would come to teach us and guide us. I want to be taught. I don't know about you. I want to be taught. I'm like, Holy Spirit, teach me something today. You know, every day I wake up, I have an expectation that God's going to speak to me. And it's sad because there's a lot of people that do not like that. There's, it's sad because some people don't think God speaks anymore at all. And I say it's sad because it makes the Father sad. It breaks the Father's heart because He's speaking every day. Every day, all day, He's speaking. Man, I love you. You are the apple of my eye. <laughs> it was funny because last night I was, uh, I was praying. I told Crystal, hey, I'm going to go to my, uh, I'm going to go to the closet and pray real quick. Um, and I got on my knees and, you know, I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. You know, <laughs> expectations, right? I'm like, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to start praying. That was my expectation, which is funny now that I'm preaching about this. It's kind of funny. God has a sense of humor, guys. And um, I said, okay, I'm on my knees. I'm, like, I'm about to get it. Here we go. I'm about to just lay it at the altar. And um, the weirdest thing happened. God said, I want you to rest. I'm like, what? I want you to lay down. Get off your knees. I laid down on my side. And I put my head on the pillow in my closet. And he said, I want you to just rest. That was weird for me because I'd never really experienced that before. I, I'm normally on my knees or, you know, praying or up, worshiping. But God was like, no, I want you to lay down. Just rest. Be quiet. Just rest. Then I just started hearing the Lord speak to me. And he was just loving on me. It was, it was so amazing. I, I just kept hearing, Kevin, I love you. I love you. And it just blew me away, to be honest. And, I, and I'm the pastor. I was just so blown away. I know how good he is, but it's just... It was just so amazing. Just lay there like a little kid and have the Father just love on you. He has that for you, guys. Every day, every single day, He has that for you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to love on you and show you His goodness in the land of the living. Don't wait till the goodbye and bye. Don't wait till we get to heaven. His will be done. His kingdom come here right now. Right now. Somebody say right now. Right 
now. God's not. Listen, don't wait to heaven to get to know your father. Because you'll always act like an abandoned child. Don't wait, to, don't wait till you go to heaven. Your daddy wants to know you right now. Your God, your father wants to know you right now. He wants to speak to you. He wants to have a covenant relationship with you. What does that mean? That means he wants to be intimate with you. He wants to wake you up from your sleep or maybe put you to sleep. I don't know. I just felt like God was saying that somebody might have an expectation of the church like that was put on you that maybe you haven't been here for so many Sundays or you haven't gave so much. But God's saying, let that expectation go. That's not a real Amen. expectation of this house. Our expectation is we love to see Amen. you here. Whether you can come every Sunday, we just want you to engage in the family. So I don't know who that's for, but that's a religious expectation that you have to be here a certain amount of times for God to love you more, give a certain amount for God yes. to love you more, or, you know, being in so many small groups. That's just an expectation. That's not from God. God's expectation of you is he's saying, come and sit, come and rest. We're happy if we haven't seen you in so long. Our family's like, I'm so glad you're here. And that's the same language as a father. We are so glad that you're here. And so if you have that expectation, God's just saying, let that go. Don't let that stop you. Don't be at home being like, well, I didn't go five Sundays, so I'm just going to add another one to it. No. His expectation of you is to be part of a family, to be, far, be part of this family if that's what you choose. And we just want to love on you. You know, we're going to sit here because um, talking expectations, God is uh, – He's asking us to do something different this morning, or he's, he's telling me right now. We've never done this in this house, but God wants to speak to some of you this morning. You, sister, right there in the blue. You right there. Yeah, you. Mm -hmm. God say he loves you. He has something just ahead for you. God says you know a lot of things that you, you just don't share all the time. God said he's going to enable your mouth to speak. He's going to use you if you will let him, if you will say yes to him. And all those little weird situations you find yourself with a bunch of people sometimes or maybe just a couple people, whether that's at work or the grocery store, I don't know. But if you'll say yes, God will use you. He will do amazing things through you, things that you never thought were imagined. You're probably like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not. What, what do you? If you will say yes, God will use you to evangelize. That's what God's saying to you. God will use you to evangelize if you will say yes. If you didn't know, God uses whoever he chooses to. I am, you know, you guys know my story. I'm an ex-game banger, drug addict. God said, I'm going to use this kid. And I said, yes. I don't care what walk of life you come from. I don't care how old you are. If you will say yes, God will use you. Go ahead and stand up to your feet. And that's another expectation. People come in here and think that only the pastor can pray for people. Only the pastor can give a word. 
or only the, you know, prayer team can pray over people. Each one of you have that same thing that we were talking about, the Holy Spirit, so that you can pray for people. You can pray for your family at home. You don't, We love that you would call us, but you don't need to do that. We can agree with you in prayer. The more people that know, more powerful. But all of you have that same gift of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. So you might have an expectation that only the pastors can do something, only the teachers and all those labels. That's not true. Each and every one of you is important. And you all have a word for somebody. So I just feel that too this morning that you might expect me and Kevin to be pray for everyone or have a word for every everyone. But just ask yourself right now if Holy Spirit's leading you to give someone a word of encouragement. Wants you to go pray for someone. Wants you to have lunch with someone. Sister in the white, God's saying you are set apart and consecrated. Um, during worship earlier, I had a vision, and I don't know that God has ever given me a vision before, but I was standing there and I just saw him. And I saw him dancing with his bride. And he was dressed in white, and she was dressed in white. And the rows were intertwined to where you couldn't see the difference. And he was dancing, dancing, dancing. And almost felt like I was supposed to share it earlier, but I was like, you know, I felt almost like a weight. And when Kevin was talking about him being in his closet and God saying just rest and then God pouring out his spirit on him and telling him how he loves him how much he loves him we're the bride every one of us we're the bride and he wants to dance with you he wants to pour out his spirit on you he wants to pour out his love on you. He wants us to just drink in his love. To drink in his presence. He hungers. We, we sing about hungering after his presence all the time. We sing about hungering after more and more of him. But he hungers after us. He hungers after intimacy with us. And that's nothing to be afraid of. There's rest in intimacy. There's power in intimacy. There's love in intimacy. There's love and kindness and mercy and grace. Everything we need is in intimacy with Him. So don't hesitate to dance with Jesus. Oh, God, we just thank you. Go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, we are expecting you to just move in this place right now. Holy Spirit, move how you want to move. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your power. We thank you, God. We are grateful. God, this morning we say we will go. 
We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes. We say yes to covenant relationship with you, Jesus. We say yes to, to going further, going deeper. Spending more time with you, Jesus. I just heard the Lord say, I heard the Lord say like a little kid that he spells love T-I-M-E too. Jesus just wants to spend time with you. And that doesn't mean you have to be in your closet for four hours. You can spend time with Jesus in wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. But he does want to spend time with you. God, I just thank you. God, I just thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for shackles falling right now. I thank you for mental strongholds getting torn down right now. God, I thank you, Lord. Mm, Holy Spirit, I thank you that false expectations are leaving right now. God, I thank you that we're going to, ooh, that you are putting in us a thirst, a hunger for righteousness, God. I thank you, God. Lord, I say yes to the clay. I say yes to you forming me on the potter's wheel. I say yes, Lord. Lord, as a body, as a family, as a church family, Lord, we say yes. We say yes to you, Jesus. We don't care where you go. There we will go, Lord. What you say we will do, Lord. We don't care what it looks like, God. As long as you're here, Father, we don't care what it looks like. As long as you're here, Holy Spirit of God, we don't care what it looks like. As long as the sick come in and leave healed, we don't care what it looks like, God. As long as those who are enslaved, God, by their own minds or by uh, addictions, God, as long as they leave free, we don't care what it looks like, God. As long as orphans, spiritual orphans, find out that they are sons and daughters of the Most High, I don't care what it looks like, God. Have your way in this place. Take your rightful seat, Jesus. You are the King of kings the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is able to open the scroll, the only one able to open the scroll. Jesus, have your way in this place. Holy, holy, holy. As Miss Chris, uh, I'm sorry, as Miss Rachel starts to worship, I just, I'm asking y'all for five minutes. Then we'll, we'll end, I promise you. Give me five minutes. No, I'm sorry. Give the Lord five minutes. I know some, some of you, I, some of you have somewhere to be. I, I can hear it. I, I can feel it. Some of you have somewhere to be. Give me five minutes. Give God five minutes right now. I want you to be quiet. I want you to be still. Give God five minutes. <laughs> He's about to just wreck. He's about to absolutely come visit some of you right now. Just going to be quiet right now. 
Pastor Crystal, we're going to walk around and we're going to probably speak to some of you. But I want you to just be quiet right now in the Lord.
resting in him and you listening. I saw this body and it had gotten folded in on itself to where we were intertwined. Pastor Kevin mentioned it earlier, so many times we have the expectation of prayer time as we line up in front of the prayer team or we line up in front of the pastor and we get in a prayer line and he's going to lay his hands on us and he's the one that's got to pray for us. I was sitting here and I was getting stirred because I was watching certain brothers and certain sisters getting up out of their seats during their quiet time because God spoke to them and they said go. And he said go and they said yes. We're supposed to be praying for each other. There's come here. This is a teenager that's heard the word go. He walks out of his seat and he instantly goes and starts praying for people. Not saying you're a rock, but I don't let rocks cry out for me. I'm an old man and I'm 50 something years old and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to let him be an example for me. I want to see this church, and I saw it. God gave me a vision of this body. We're folding in on ourselves, and we're intertwined because we're not intertwined because we're just brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are caring for each other enough that we'll get up out of our seat. We'll walk over to somebody else, put on back to the ex. That was a word, brother. Responsibility. We have a responsibility for each and every one of our brothers and sisters. And God has an expectation to you to listen. We need to love on each other and be just like this young man and not be afraid to walk up out of our seat and go up to say, I got a word. The Lord wants me to pray for you. This house will be built on that. Brother DJ's done said, we're going somewhere and where do we've changed directions? You fight the wind of change, your sails are going to, and your mast will get broke. You have a responsibility to listen. You have a responsibility to each other. This young man has heard it, and he's answered. And the only expectation he has is for the Lord to use him. Amen. Amen. I feel that this house, there's others in here that have been told to go. There's others in here that's been told, and you have had someone placed in your, on your mind. But you're like, why me, Lord? I don't know if I can do it. You don't do it. Let God do it through you. I think we need another five minutes. And we don't need to be waiting on the pastors to come pray for us. We don't need to be waiting on the prayer team to come pray for us or us run to them. There's somebody that's been laid on some people's hearts in this house. The big thing about you saying go and the expectation is you've got to follow through. And then what God expects will happen. Amen. Let's go. There's somebody on your heart go. If there's somebody on your heart, go. 
we are a family. Don't let family down. Go. So Rachel was singing Here I Am to Worship this morning, and she left out probably my favorite part. But if you'll do this while I say this, I feel like that's what God wants. So it says that I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. And as I was praying and worshiping, God reminded me that it isn't just my sin that was on that cross. It was every single one of us, all of our sin. And it is so much more than the ones that just get to the place where they can come to the church on Sunday. It's the ones that have been hurt by the church. It's the ones that are still out there living like the world and they're smelling like the sex and the drugs and the rock and roll and they're still living in hell. He says, those are my people. Those are my babies too and I want you to go get them. God says that we have been trained up in this place. We have got some of the most wise leaders with DJ and Julie and Barbara and Tommy and DJ and Crystal and Pam and I don't even know Chuck but the the call that God has on his life is huge and he he says that this is where we come to get fed but we can't stay here he wants us to go get his babies and sometimes that looks like answering the phone at 10 o'clock and your best friend is strung out again and you just open the door and let her come over sometimes we've got to get past the looks of everybody else and even the looks of each other because I know that for years as a young adult I sat in these pews and I hurt and I smelled like the world and I 
but I looked like you. <laughs> You'd have never known. So I, I challenge you guys this week to find somewhere to say yes. It could be a meal. It could be a prayer. But sometimes I needed more than a prayer. I needed somebody to partner with me. It was real nice and warm and fuzzy when we came in here on a Sunday and they laid hands on me and I received the Holy Ghost. But when I had to go back to my house by myself on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I didn't have anybody to, to do it with me. And we're being trained to know how to do that here. And God wants us to do it. your week and remember speak to God listen to God he's speaking and he wants to talk to you I don't care if you've been a Christian one day 50 days 50 years he wants to talk to you God thank you so much for this day thank you for your love your tender love God thank you for your Holy Spirit Thank you for your people that are in this place that are called by your name. God, thank you that they were willing to say yes. Thank you that they were willing to remove the expectation of what a Sunday morning church should look like. Thank you that they are saying yes to you, God. God, I bless them and I send them with your blessing, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for them. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, put your hands together. I love y'all so much. I love y'all so much. I pray you have an awesome weekend. Uh, we will see you next week at the gathering place. God bless you. I love you all.